0: told that story before. I thought it was really cool to find it with music and, 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 uh, and uh, visual there. There's nothing like a visual. That is a true story. Uh, that guy Charles Blondin did do that several times across Niagara Falls, um, but obviously no one got in the billbarrow. Amen. And you know, that's really what God is asking us to do this morning in our faith. He, he has done it all already. Everything we need to do, everything he asks us to do, He's already done it. Can you say amen? How many believe that? God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already gone before us to do. The Bible is full of stories, and that's what we're going to get into this morning, full of stories that challenge our faith. Friday morning at Men's Discipleship, I did the whole thing on faith, and we went over some stories, and we went over some things to think about, and I want to challenge uh, everybody in this place this year to, and I've been talking about this in January with the fast, to really Challenge you to step out in faith like you've never stepped out before. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, give me a response. I, I, can, I only challenge you, but I can't make you accept it. I want, it, I want you to get in the wheelbarrow this morning. Amen. amen. The awesome thing is, is even though that guy did it a whole bunch of times, he's a human being, and it would very possibly be the, the person that gets in where he fails. Amen. That would probably happen. Here's the good thing. God cannot fail. God cannot fail, amen. So if he asks us to get in the wheelbarrow this morning by faith, he will get us across the Niagara Falls. He will get us across our place of problem. He'll get us through our trial, amen. Listen to this. I want to give you some quotes this morning that I want you to write down, and I want you to keep these all year long, and when you begin to get in a place of a rut of doubt or fear, amen, because that's important, fearless faith, maybe we're going to talk about that in a second, but I want you to write things, I want you to go back and look at these quotes, Or you can go back and listen to the podcast because these are the kind of thoughts that need to get us to a place of understanding. The first one I want to give you as you thought about that tightrope is this. And this is true. Faith is the bridge. Faith is the bridge. Okay. That gets me from where I am. Okay. This is where I am. And where God wants me to be, faith is the bridge. Amen. Amen. How many understand that? I'm not this morning, even if I'm really walking in, 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 a, in a dimension of faith, I'm still not where God wants me to be. I'm not where I used to be, you're not where you used to be, but we're not where God wants us to be. And so faith is the bridge that gets us to the place that God wants us to be. And here's the thing, God wants us to be walking on that faith bridge every day. He doesn't want us to get off the bridge. He wants us to stay on that bridge. And if we get off that bridge, he wants us to get back on the bridge. Because he wants us to continually be going from where I am to where he wants me to be. God is going to always, say that, always. Always Always again. Always going to cause us to walk in faith. God is pleased. I want to remind you, this isn't in my notes, but I must remind you, that the Bible says there's only one way to please God. And it is faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 in the faith chapter says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when I'm not in having faith and when I'm not on that faith bridge, God doesn't love me less, but he's not as happy with me as he wants to be because he wants me to be on that bridge, walking by faith and not by sight. Now, how many want to see, what a great miracle that was, amen, of how God can take somebody who had made some mistakes getting his life in order, and sees his heart and does a financial miracle for him so he can take care of that. That's that's a miracle. We've already seen lots of miracles in the month of January, halfway through February. But how many believe with me and agree with me that we haven't seen anything yet compared to what's coming, amen? The true miracles are really coming. And I shared that last weekend in Colorado Springs to them as a church that the best is yet to come, amen? And the real miracles are coming. But if you want to see miracles, write this down. This is important. Faith doesn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. Do you realize that? Faith doesn't make sense. To ask somebody to do something without being able to see the result is crazy. Here's what happens though faith makes miracles. Faith doesn't make sense, but faith makes miracles. Isn't that an awesome thing to know? Faith makes miracles. Now I want us to get into Judges chapter 7. You mean an amen if you're there? We're going to read quite a bit here. And I'm not going to read it all, but I want to read quite a bit because this is such an awesome story. And, and there's so many stories in the Bible and to challenge us about our faith. And I'm going to give you another faith message again tonight at six. So uh, come back for that. Amen. And by the way, praise God for all of you uh, getting out in this cold and not letting the cold keep you home. Amen. I'm thankful that the wor- roads were dry this morning and we didn't have to cancel service. Praise God. Amen. amen. So we're here and uh, still got a lot of people sick. Good to see Paul back from the dead. Amen. amen. Uh, from this side. Amen. And I know uh, Julie's feeling better. Amen. And I know... Uh, uh, someone else, uh, Joe's still sick, keep lifting Joe up. We've got a lot of people that are being attacked by this flu and different things, um, but we're on the up and up and things are going to get better, amen? J- Judges chapter seven, verse one, then Jerubabal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites, we're in Judges chapter seven, verse one, was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, this is not normal right here. The, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands. What a crazy statement. What a crazy statement by God. God, God, and I just want you to see something. Less is more with God. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Amen. You, that's why... As an individual person this morning, the thing that's so awesome, and I'm going to stop a few times here in this story. The thing that's so awesome about being a believer is that we're not believing in karma or chance or coincidence or any of those things. We're believing in a God that is real, a God that is alive, a God that has a lot of power, an unlimited amount of power, and all he wants and all he desires is for us to believe him. That's all he wants. So it's not like we're, it, it, we're trusting in some person, we're trusting in God, the, 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 the miracle maker. But what you'll find in the Bible, and this is a really encouraged, this is going to be an encouraging message and a challenge, is that you're going to find in your walk with God that as you walk through your, your walk with the Lord, you're going to find out that God is going to ask you to, call, to cross over bridges that are difficult to cross on your own. It's not going to be nicely paved. It's not going to be nice and it's going to be rickety sometimes. There's going to be some pieces across the bridge missing. There's going to be some areas in that bridge where it gets shaky and the wind's blowing when you're walking across it. Because God is building our faith. If there's no resistance, there's no growth. Amen? Please remember that next time you're in a challenge. If you're in a challenge this morning, in any area of your life, please remember that there's no growth without resistance. Amen. You have to trust that and understand. And so as we continue to read here, he's, he's wanting Gideon and the Israelites to go destroy the Midianites. And there's a whole bunch of men. And here's another thing, too. God, does never, God never moves like we think he's going to move. Never moves like we, we sh- think he should move. Never th- moves like we want him to move. And matter of fact, there's a whole chapter in Isaiah 55 that says his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my ways. So stop trying to think like God. And start realizing that if God's going to do something, he's going to do it different than you do it. Yeah, right. So if God begins to call you to do something and you're like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, God's probably not in it. But when he starts to ask you to do something that seems impossible, get excited. Yeah. Get excited and get some fearless faith because God's about to do something supernatural in your life so, that you, so he can get the glory. So he says, and here's why. Here's why. You ask, ask, why does God do that? Here's the answer, same verse. He says, there's too many of you to give the victory to you. So he says, lest Israel would claim glory for itself against me and say, my own hand has saved me. If you ever wonder why God's doing something bigger than you, it's because he doesn't want you to get the glory. That's why. If it seems too big and it seems impossible God's like, if I let you do this, you'll get glory for it. You'll be prideful. He says, I don't want that to happen. I want How many know a miracle is something that cannot be done by man? Amen. 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 Cannot be done by man. So we want to see signs and wonders and miracles in our lives, and so does God. And So he says in verse 3, Now, proclaim in the hearing of the people. This is important. Whoever is fearful and afraid. I'd be good to underline that right there. Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. Now watch this. There was 32,000 men, okay, and 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. See, when you begin to talk about miracles and you begin to talk about a dimension that's supernatural... Fear eliminates a whole lot of people. Can I get a better amen? amen? Not that we want to be fearful, but there's a filter. And God, God says, hey, if you're afraid, you know what you're doing? When you, watch this. I'm not saying this condemning because we all face fears. He says, if you're afraid, that means you don't trust me. If you're afraid, that means you, you, you don't think that I got this. And so we cannot be afraid. That's why that says fearless faith. Not just faith, but fearless faith. Because what does that, what did that thing say in the beginning before we worship? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. How many are thankful that if God is with us, nobody can defeat us this morning? Come on, church. Nobody can defeat us this morning. There's no battle we can't win. There's no mountain we cannot climb. There's no victory we cannot have if God's involved. But if God's involved, he's going to ask us to do something we can't do in our own power. So he says, if you're fearful and you're afraid. So that's one thing you really need to have in your notes and really have in your spirit. When I begin to get fearful, the miracle dimension in my life begins to diminish. To, to diminish. So I have to fight fear. How do you fight fear? With faith. Okay, you fight fear with faith. How do you fight fear with faith? How do you, do, how do you build your faith? The Bible says, through his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? So, so when we're fighting uh, this battle of fear, we have to destroy it through the Word of God. Let's continue here. Verse 4. I'm going to try not to stop too much, but i got to throw these things in. But the Lord said to Gideon. So now there's 10,000 left from 32,000. Then God says, uh, there's still too many. This is, this is still way too many people. And by the way, there's a whole lot more than 30,000 people they're going to fight against whole lot more. He says, nope, still too many. He says, go down to the water and I'll test them for you there. And then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. The same shall go with you. And of whoever I say to you, this one shall not go with you and the same shall not go. So God's choosing. Amen. Now he says in verse five, so he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps." You shall set apart by himself, likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. So there's two different postures here. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. But all the rest of the men got down on their knees to drink water. And the Lord said to to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand, Let all the other people go, every man to his place. You know what you need to do this morning if you want to see miracles? You need to let the people go out of your life who don't have faith. You need to let the people go out of your life who are too busy with other things and not focused on the kingdom of God. The key here in this part of the verse is that 9,700 men got on their knees... And got down and drank like a horse or a dog with, with their tongues. And so they were all in to get water. But they were not doing what the other, the 300 that stayed was because they got down and they, la- they grabbed the water with their hand and brought it up to their mouth. Why? That way they could still defend themselves. That, that way they were showing that they were doing what they had to do, but they were concerned about other people. Okay. Too many people today are concerned about themselves, and so they're, they're faith killers. Yeah. Yeah. Because if God's going to give you faith or He'll let you use your faith, and you're going to see miracles, he's only doing it for other people. Amen. He's doing it for you, but he's doing it to other effect. God never, watch this, God never does anything just to touch one person. He kills a lot of birds with one stone. Amen. He's always doing something else when he's working on you. He's always doing another miracle for somebody else when he's working on your miracle. He's always doing something all over the place. And so he wants us to be awake and wise and looking. And so now there's only 300 men out of 32,000. That's not very many. And the truth is today, there's not very many people who are walking by faith the way God wants them to. Not many people who are, who are saying, God, I'm not afraid, I'm not scared, and if I am scared, watch this, if I am scared, I'm going to do it scared. I'm going to do it scared, amen? Why? Because God said to do it. Amen. I'm going to do it scared. Don't you think that man, even though he, he had done that thing many times going over Niagara Falls, he had to do it scared. Amen. When he had to put, there, there had to be a first time that he put rocks in. I don't think he tried that in front of all those people on the Canadian-American side one time. I think he tried it somewhere else before he got up there, and there had to be a time when he tried it when there was some real risk. Amen? There was some real risk. Watch this. This is a good point. When you see people doing something miraculous for God and powerful for God visually and it's visual and you see that in your lives, you can be sure this morning that they have done some things in their private lives that are testing their faith before they ever did anything in the public. Did you get that? God is building our faith. Decisions are made on our own, one-on-one. God is asking us, kind of like with Peter. See, Peter and the disciples, there was a very few, few of them there when he stepped out of that boat and stepped onto water. There was very few people there. And so later on, we see Peter come out of the, out of the book of Acts and preach to 5,000. We see Peter do all these amazing things, but he had to test his faith in some smaller areas. And, and listen, you've you got to make a big jump, but you can't make a big jump until you take some baby steps. You've got to start growing your faith with some little things. And God will cause you to try, to try some little things. Amen? You still here? Yeah. So we get these 300. I want to read on quickly to the rest of this story. We're going to finish up a few verses down. So he says, uh, 300 left. Then he says, take the provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent them away, all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the 300. Now, the camp of Midian was below him in the valley, and it happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. Now, I want to make an important statement right here. Very important. I said this Friday morning. A lot of times we go, God, can you do this? God, you're going to do this? God already said, I'm going to give you the Midianites. I'm giving them into your hand. Amen. We read a story Friday morning where he said, this is already yours. It's a test. It's a test we can't fail if we just believe God. Amen? He's just saying, get up in the morning and walk. Get up in the morning and believe. I've already walked out your steps. God is not going to ask you to walk over a bridge. He has not already been over. Amen? He's not going to put you in danger. He's not going to put you at risk. It might seem like it, but God's already walked out those steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous person are ordered by God. Amen? And so we got to understand, he's going before us, he's gone ahead of us, he's already, if God says you're going to do it, you're going to do it. If God says in his word, if if I be for you, no one can be against you, why do we believe man's words more than we believe God's words? Come on. We need to trust what the Lord says. So where were we at? What verse did I just read that? 10, 11, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. So he went down with Pura his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. This is so cool. And the Midianites, verse 12, and Amalekites, and all the people of the east were lying in the valley. Now look at this, as numerous as locusts. Bunches and bunches, right? Lots and, I mean, an innumerable amount of people were there, and and way more than 32,000 to start with, and now they're 300. And their camels were without number, as the sand of the seashore in multitude. That basically means they couldn't count them all. And when Gideon had come, watch this, there was a man telling a dream to his companion and said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companions answered and said, Watch this, this is so awesome. You don't realize this, but God and, and his angels are talking and the enemies listening. Praise God. He says, that, He says, uh, This, then his companions said, This is nothing else. But the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Did you realize what we just read there? He's walking down to the camp to spy, and he hears a story of a person who had a dream, who said, This has happened, and then the other person has a revelation from God, even though he's not a believer, and says, This is Gideon, and we're dead, and they're gonna destroy us. And so basically, whoever's listening, outside this tent even though I don't know someone's there listening we're dead come and get us we will roll over did you catch that in this that's what happened in the story God will give you a word from a source sometimes he'll speak through a donkey sometimes come on somebody he'll speak through a donkey sometimes he'll speak through the enemy sometimes and then and say hey you got us we're done I mean, there's an innumerable amount of people, but this man hears a dream, and, and Gideon's walking by, not by chance, but because he obeyed and went, then he was at the right place at the right time to hear the right thing so that he could go forward. God never leaves us when he calls us to do something awesome. Amen. And then it says, and so it was, verse 15, that Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, and he did what you and I would do. He worshiped. And it probably was not a small worship service. Amen. There was probably some shouting and some hallelujahs and some amens. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Amen. Say this with me. The Lord. Lord. Say it again. The The Lord has delivered all my enemies into my hand. Do you believe that? Can we say that one more time? The Lord has delivered all my enemies into my hand and they're defeated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. That's the fact this morning. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says and I believe it. Amen. I believe it this morning. So he says, he divided, I'm going to read this, this is the end of the story here, just to get, get through so you can read it later, the rest. He divides the 300 men into three companies, puts a trumpet into every man's hand. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because i got to literally go like five different ways with this message. But I want you to see that God does not work again like we think he works. So we're thinking, like how many have seen the, seen the movie or heard of the movie 300? Okay, probably at least seen pictures. Got all these big, huge gladiator dudes, and they're all rough, and they got swords and everything. And so I'm thinking, Gideon probably gets back to camp, and he's probably like, all right, God, send some heavenly swords down. Send some fiery swords down. Get, we're going to go get our, our armor on, and we're going to get all pumped up. We're going to work out. We're going to go destroy these dudes. Rah! Right? And they're, they're hitting each other's chests and just doing all that crazy stuff. And then God says, go get the trumpets. Go get the trumpets. Gideon's a lot, he's probably thinking, yeah, go get the trumpets so they can make the noise as we go in with the big swords and we make a rah! 300. Then he says, No, hundred of you get trumpets. Hundred of you get a pitcher that's empty. An empty pitcher? No, my sword, God, no, here's an empty pitcher. Are you serious? And then the other one gets, and this might here's the coolest tool. Here's the coolest weapon of all three. He says. Um, torches get torches and put them inside the pitchers so we've got torches trumpets and empty pitchers and he says verse 17 look at me and do likewise watch and when I come to the edge of the camp you shall do as I do when I blow the trumpet I and all who are with me you blow the trumpets also on every side of the whole camp and the sword and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon what an awesome story. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And I'm, I know we don't have this narrative here, but at some point, <laughs> Gideon's got to be saying, where's the sword of the Lord, Lord? Amen. Can I get the sword? Right, we're about to march in here. Can I, where, I know you got it hidden somewhere. He's probably looking up and thinking, it's just going to come down right into my hands. The sword of the Lord and Gideon. Amen. Again, God is doing something different than I think he should do, different than how I would do it. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Let's go back to this part where I said faith doesn't make sense. Nobody's going to go and take 32,000 men and and get rid of 31,700 of them and send them on and keep 300. And even if they were 300 gladiators... 300 Hercules, that's still not going to defeat all these men. And then he doesn't even give them a sword. And then we think sometimes, come on, God, really? Like we've been over that with these stories, right? We've talked about that. We've thought to ourselves, is this, is this, is this made up? Is this a fairy tale? You have to believe that if God said this, this is how it happened. Amen? Amen. And I just want to remind you again, if you haven't seen any of those documentaries, go watch them on YouTube about the seven-day war with Israel back in 1967. And you go watch and see a modern-day miracle like Gideon where where things happen that that don't even make sense. I love the scene, and I'll tell anybody that doesn't know about it. There's a scene in there where there's like three soldiers of Israel coming over a a hill, and there's hundreds of men on the other side, just three men, and they're like, we're dead. I don't know if anybody else has seen this. We're dead. They're about to just put their guns into the other people's hands, and all of a sudden, all the hundreds of other soldiers, of the Palestinians or Egyptians, I don't know who they were at that time, they put their guns down. Hundreds of them. And then the next scene you see is those three men with their guns walking in front of hundreds of, sorry, behind and next to hundreds of men who have their guns behind their backs, their hands are put together, and they're walking next to their, to their tanks, and they're, and they're marching like an army as if there's thousands of people around them, and there's just three Israelites. And that happened in 1967. True story. Yeah. Miracles don't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. But my faith makes miracles. My faith makes miracles. Amen. My faith makes miracles. So when it doesn't make sense right now, what you're going through, when it doesn't make sense the things you're facing, you can get scared or you can get excited. Get scared or get excited. That's pretty much the two emotions you're going to have. Scared or excited. Fearful or excited. But we need to have fearless faith. Now, I want to give you a few things. I'm not going to, basically, they go, they win. I'm not going to spend any more time on it. They blow the trumpets and they win. You read it later. But I want to tell you four things to write down that are really key this morning. We're going to finish with this. Four things to, to remember as you walk in your faith. Number one, there will always, now some of these aren't going to be too exciting. There will always be opposition. Always. Always. All the time. Every week, every day, every month, every hour. You're never going to get to a place there, there's going to be less opposition. There's going to be some moments where it seems like there's a break. But we, 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 we tend to think as believers somehow, erroneously, that we get saved, and now it's just a golden, it's just follow the yellow brick road to, to Oz. We're just going to skip and jump and get there and have a good old time. That's going to happen. We're, there's going to be some yellow brick roads called gold roads in heaven. But until we get to heaven, we're going to have opposition. We're going to have opposition, okay? And we saw that, and in, 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 I want you to go back to chapter 6 real quick as I begin to close. I, I want to end with the story, go back to Judges 6. I want you to look at this, okay? So number one, there will always be opposition, Judges chapter 6, verse 2. It says, um, let's, let's read 1 and 2. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Israel okay there were strongholds there now he's now the opposition is not always going to prevail but the opposition is always going to be there Satan is not going to lie down Satan is not going to quit Satan doesn't have anything else to do but to try to get people to go to hell with him try to get people to be trophies for him try to get people to fall and if he can't get you to fall and leave God he wants to get you to not fulfill the destiny that God has for your life Which is an awesome one, by the way, if you didn't know that. God has awesome things for you to do. Okay? So there always will be opposition. Then we see number two in verse six. Write this down. God shows up the biggest in the most desperate times. Has anybody seen that in your life? God shows up the biggest in the most desperate times of your life. When things seem the most dire, when things seem the most impossible, when things seem the most lost, is when God shows up the biggest. But, can you say but with me? But you have to have faith. You have to have faith. Okay, he can only show up if you have faith. Because he moves by faith. He says in his word, the just shall live by faith. Okay? Okay? Now here's something real important to write down. Another, another quote. I, w- I want you to keep this. I've got it on one page. I want you to keep this. Faith will move mountains. Faith can move mountains. Okay. How many know that? How many believe that? It says it in Mark 9. If you speak to this mountain, it'll be moved. Faith can move mountains. But watch this. This is so important. But doubt can create them. Faith moves mountains, but doubt creates mountains. A lot of the mountains that we face in our lives are created by us. Oh my God, this mountain is so big, God. How, how am I going to get over this? How, how, why is this mountain in my way? And God is saying, you created that mountain. You've doubted so much that you've built up a mountain in front of you that I did not place there. And there's only one way to get over that mountain. There's only one way to destroy that doubt, and that is with faith. Faith will move mountains, but doubt can create them. So this morning, are are you moving mountains or are you creating them? That's the question for all of us this week. Am I going to move mountains or am I going to create them with my doubt? Last week, did I move mountains, or did I create mountains with my, with my doubt? Now, here's the awesome news. If I created some mountains last week, I can move them this week. Yeah. Hallelujah. That mountain's going to move. But i got to recognize that that mountain is doubt, and that mountain is fear, and that mountain is, is me putting my trust in me, and i got to get my trust back on the Lord again. Amen. So we see that in verse 6. It says, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. So they they were allowing the Midianites to impoverish them and put them in a place of great doubt. Number three. Got two more. Number three. Oh, this is the best, probably. God believes in you. Isn't that awesome? God believes in you. Who cares if anybody else believes in you? God believes in you. Shouldn't that be enough? Shouldn't we get to the place where if you believe in me, praise God. If you pat me on the back, praise God. If my wife and daughters and family and friends, praise God. But I really care if God is pleased with me and if God believes in me. That's the place God wants you to get to, that you believe that God believes in you. Now watch this, especially when you don't believe in yourself. There's times we don't believe in ourselves. And God says, I want you to. Be- I believe in you when, when you don't believe in yourself. Here, here's my point. Go to 12. I'm, I'm finishing. Go to verse 12. Watch this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, this is pre-Joshua 7, or Judges 7, sorry. This is the, the, the chapter before. So we already saw the great victory, but this is what happens the chapter before when God goes to tell him. And I want to throw that out real quick. How many know that a lot of times when you see somebody having a great victory, you don't know what they've been through to get that victory? A lot of times we look at somebody's success and we look at things that happen in their life. Wow, I wish I could have that. But you haven't seen what they've done to have it. Sometimes we just see the finished product. Amen. A good marriage takes work. A good relationship with kids takes work. A good business takes work. A good job takes work. A good church takes work. Everything that's good takes work. Nothing happens by chance. And so we see the, the, the victory in Judges 7, but we got to go back sometimes and say, how did I get this victory? What stopped me from having the victory? What slowed me down? And number three is if we look at verse 12, the angel appears to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. How many want to hear those words from God? Mighty woman of valor, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. There's no greater words than that. And then Gideon says, O oh Lord... If the Lord is with us, see, there's doubt. Why is all this happening to us? Because we saw there in the beginning that they're losing to the Midianites. Now watch this. And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? It's okay to ask God those questions. It's okay to ask God real questions. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Don't be afraid to ask God real questions. Don't ask me those questions. Ask God those questions. Amen. Don't ask somebody else. Ask God. God, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. He says, where are the miracles? He wasn't being negative. He was being real. He says, did not the Lord, same verse, bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord, now watch this statement. This is a little strong. Now the Lord has forsaken us. Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. This is what's awesome because God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves he says in verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, it's so, it's so funny because God's like, I'm going to act like I didn't hear you say that. Isn't that neat? He says, go. He didn't say, what do you mean, Gideon? <coughs> what is wrong with you, Gideon? He goes, go in this might of yours, and you'll save Israel from the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Thank God sometimes, God just, you know what? I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. I know you better. I know in your heart that you really believe in me. And I'm going to just look past that bad day, look past that bad morning, look past the fact that you're a little bit negative right now. Thank God. Can somebody thank God that God sees you and believes in you more than you believe in yourself? Yeah. Believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Man. Then he says, that wasn't enough. Gideon's hard-headed as so so many of us are. My Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my father's household. So there's some humility there. But there's also some ignorance there. Because God is like, dude, shut up and go do what I said to go do. Amen? Sometimes God just wants to slap us. Say, go. Stop. I've already worked this out. There comes a point when you have to stop. And he says again, surely I'll be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites. Amen. So here we see God, number three, believes in me, especially when I don't believe in myself. Number four, last thing. With faith and God, this is so awesome. You've heard me say this a lot of times. We're in a fixed fight. We're in a fixed fight. Didn't we just see this in this story? All he had to do was go. He, when he went down from 32,000 to ten, he went down from 10,000 to three hundred. God already said in the beginning of the story, I'm going to give you this victory. All we have to do is walk on that faith bridge. Right? Walk on the faith bridge. Sometimes we just have to take the next step when we don't see the stairs. Sometimes we just have to take the next step in the dark and say, God, I trust you. This is, this is scary. I'm doing it scared. But, but I, you told me I'd get this victory, and I'm going to get it. You just got to trust. And you know what happens? The more you do that, the more experience you get with faith. And the more experience you have with faith, the more you say this, he did it last time. I know he'll do it again. God didn't fail me last time, so I know he's not going to fail me this time. It's a fixed fight. Amen. Here's another statement. Faith is not hoping God can. Faith is not hoping God can. Faith is knowing God will. If you're saying, oh, I hope this works out, that's not faith. Faith is, I I don't see the end of the road, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel, I don't see how this is going to work out, but I believe God's got this God's got this and right before we pray I want you to remember something this is one of my favorite stories and I have said this before and I know some haven't heard it but it's an old, old movie supposedly my dad's favorite movie I've never even seen it I think they made a new one I want to see the new one Ben-Hur anybody seen the new one? new one good? probably have to see the old one first but there's an old movie, like 1959, from an old staple actor named Charleston Heston. Who was a believer, and he's passed away about 10 years ago. But very, very well-known actor. Even if you're young, you've probably heard that name, Charleston Heston. So he was in this movie, and it was the coolest thing. They're making Ben-Hur. And, and at the scene where the, there's chariots and horses... You know, back then they didn't have stunt doubles and they didn't have the effects that we had. They had to do the stuff, right? And so they're like, uh, Charleston, you've got to learn how to get on a chariot, and you've got to learn how to, you know, make that thing move and make that horse go and just basically don't die. Just stay on there, amen. Just we just need you to stay on there. It's going to be scary and everything, and you can just imagine the the whole narrative of that. He he doesn't know how to ride a chariot. I mean, how many people in 1950s know how to ride a chariot? But he gets on there, so he goes and practices and practices and practices and he comes back at the end and he says to the director, which his name is a pretty cool name. I wrote it down because it's a cool name. Um, Cecil Cecil B. DeMille. It's kind of a cool name. Cecil B. DeMille, pretty famous producer, and so he says and director, okay, I've been practicing, and I think I can stay in the chariots. But I don't think I can win the race. He's basically saying, I, I'm, I've got it down enough to, to not die and not fall out. But I, I don't think I can beat these other horses. And he, and he makes the greatest statement ever because it's a movie. He says, Charleston, you just stay in the chariot and I'll make sure you win the race. Because it's a movie. so He's going to make sure it's edited that Charleston wins the race. That's God. God is telling us as our producer and director this morning, just stay in the chariot. Just stay on the bridge. Just stay in my plans. I'll make sure you finish. I'll make sure you win the race. Amen. How many received that this morning? God's already worked it out. God's already gone down that road. God's already gone before you. He's not going to ask you to do de- God is not a, a person who, a God who wants us to fail. He wants us to succeed. But he doesn't like little things. He likes miracles. He likes big steps of faith. He likes the impossible. He's got a lot of power and he wants to show it. So he gets frustrated with this when we don't believe too. Now those little miracles are great and they're necessary, but the big ones are the ones that really give him glory. So challenge this year is let's believe for the impossible. Let's believe for the miraculous. Amen. Father, we thank you for fearless faith this morning. That's our prayer. Fearless faith. That nothing would stop us this morning. God, you're speaking to us in ministries. You're speaking to us in our, in our businesses. You're speaking to us in our relationships. You're speaking to us in our witnessing today. All these areas of our lives, God, where we're being called to, to do stuff that sounds crazy. And maybe, Lord, it's even as simple today as being bold enough to open our mouths and testify about you. Tell somebody, Jesus loves you Jesus has done a miracle in my life and he can do it in yours too simple as stepping out in faith and saying God I'm going I'm to obey you when you tell me to tell that next person that out in the street, at the workplace in the supermarket, at the gas station start with those little simple steps but know that God is asking you to walk across the faith bridge and that faith bridge is a powerful bridge because it's taking me from where I am to where God wants me to be and if I'm on that faith bridge, it can be a little Indiana Jones sometimes. It can be a little scary. It can be a little rocky. It can be a little shaky. But God will never let us fall. And if we do fall, He's not going to let us die. He said, get back up. That's not a big deal. Just like a parent would tell a kid that trips. Get back up. Keep walking. That little, that little thing will feel better when it stops hurting. How many this morning in this place, you need your faith to be exercised more I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand but you're here and, 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 and we're not saying the prayer erroneously that says God give me faith because the Bible says we've already been given a measure of faith I already have everything I need what I need is to exercise it what I need is to use it so we, our prayer should be God help me use my faith a lot of people pray that wrong God give me faith no faith's already there That's like, I told the guys Friday morning, that's like saying, God, give me muscles. Muscles are already there. Just got to use them. God, give me brains. You already have brains. Got to use them. God's already given us everything we need. Just got to exercise that faith. So if you're here this morning and your faith is weak, it's because you're not exercising that muscle. And today, is the, the good news is today you can begin to exercise that faith and begin to say god i'm going to be bold and i'm going to step out on faith and I believe that the things you're asking me to do you're going to fulfill in me before we pray for that at the altar how many all over this place could say you know what i don't know jesus christ as my lord and savior i know of him i believe in him but i've never had a relationship with Him, i've never accepted christ as my lord and savior i've never had my name written in the books of life book of life i've never repented and put my faith totally in jesus how many would say that's me this morning would you pray for me this morning pastor just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place i'm not saved i don't know jesus as my lord and savior if i passed into eternity this morning i don't know where i'd go i don't know where i'd spend eternity that's me we want to make sure that you know jesus this morning we want to make sure that He's Lord of your life because He can't do those things that this Bible talks about if He doesn't have your life and your heart in His hands. If that's the case this morning, and you're saved now. Now, God says, I want to challenge you to believe in Me. There's way more that God wants to do this year in your life than you think or can even believe or expect. And this morning, we're gonna we're gonna take some time to ask God to fill us up with a power that only comes from him to step out of the boat and step onto that water and trust that there'll be something solid to step onto. To trust that when it seems impossible and seems like the numbers aren't adding up, God is up to something. Amen. As we stand to our feet this morning and begin to close out, we're going to open up the altars. We're going to sing a song. Whether you stay at your seat or you come down, this is a few minutes where as a body, we want to just, we want to take what's been preached and we want to pray about it tonight, this morning. We want to we ask God to do something in us. A lot of times just stepping out and coming to an altar is a good move because it's just, God, I'm coming to just get distractions behind me. But like I said, whether you stay at your seat or you come, let's, let's spend a few moments and, and as I've challenged you in the Word, now let's accept that challenge. let's get on that bridge that's between where I am and where God wants to take me this morning as we sing this song praise the Lord let's just talk to God let's just spend some time with him this morning